to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I thought I was dreaming. Um, the medication they had me in made me think I was on a cruise ship for two months, um, and I would not <laughs> I would not stop saying, I was like, Mom, can you transfer me some money? I want to go to the Starbucks on the ship. Welcome to the deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Today's episode is about Brie, who only last year had a life-threatening accident and survived. But she was in a coma for quite a while This is the story of that time in her life, the incredibly bizarre things that happened afterwards, and what it's like now living with a brain injury. Content warning, if you're suffering or triggered by the themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. Brie, welcome to The Deep. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to me about... August last year, August 2021. Um, So, yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind. I was having a few drinks with my friends and I went outside to have a cigarette and then there was a car park being built at that time and they had no fencing or lights. So I fell off of a 10 to 15 metre retaining wall head (gasps) first into the concrete. (gasps) Yeah. I also broke my back and all of my ribs. So um, this happened in Canada as well during peak COVID. Oh, my God. Okay. You having drinks. Are you drunk? Um, I don't think I was quite drunk. From what I remember of that night, I was just having dinner with a few friends and my friend was pregnant. Um, so I don't imagine myself getting blackout from just a dinner like that. And drugs? I wasn't using drugs that night, um, but I was using in Canada. Okay, we'll go back to that. You're having a dinner, a couple of wines or something. You go out for a cigarette 10 meters. Yeah, it was a retaining wall that wasn't finished. And for some reason, the lights weren't on at all. And I was on the phone just walking around kind of thing. And then the next minute I slipped. Um, my friend thought I'd been way too long. And then she found me somehow miraculously and called the ambulance. And she was keeping me alive while the ambulance was on its way. Do you remember the fall? No, I don't. I still have amnesia from most of the night. Um, which I think is a good thing, but I do suffer from a bit of PTSD at the moment. Of course. This is very recent. This isn't even a year. 
No, it hasn't even a year for my like, recovery. So it's been, yeah, very, very oh weird. Oh, my God. So your friend finds you after this fall. She's, I'm sure, beside herself. Are you conscious? Uh, apparently I was not conscious. Um, she was asking them, do I have to keep her breathing? Um, so she was just helping me. She was on the phone to the ambulance the whole time and she was keeping me basically alive. So I thank her for everything, basically. How does she keep you alive? Do you mean CPR or? She had to do mouth to mouth and CPR um, and then just make sure I wasn't fully going deep into it. Apparently there was a lot of blood. She had to apply pressure to my brain, like my skull. Um, But yeah, we haven't really talked too in depth about it because it was quite traumatic for her as well. Like she had to go to therapy after because you just don't expect that to happen. You landed on your head. Is that what they told you? Yes, I landed on my head. And the blood was from the head? Just the head Correct. or other parts of the body too? Um, it was from the head and then I've got a really big uh, scar on my knee, so I'm assuming that as well. Um, but no one's seen it happen, so they were only just making educated guesses. How long were you down there before she found you? Well, she said that she, after 20 minutes, she directly came out, so I really couldn't wow. say. Yeah, so it was even a miracle that she could have kept me alive and I just didn't, you know, pass away right there and then. The town I lived in was a really, really small mountain town of 5,000 people. So thankfully the hospital was not even a kilometre away. So I think the fast actions of the healthcare system literally saved my life. Okay, so you're living in Canada. What are you doing there? Event coordination. I absolutely loved my job. Okay, event coordination. And you have how long had you been there at this point? Uh, five years. And how old are you at this point? I was 25. 25, been there since you were 20. So you're quite, it's your home now. You feel quite established there, friends. Do you have a partner? Um, I did have a partner for four years, yeah. Wow, okay. So so it's your life. You, you, it's, you're yeah, comfortable 100%. there. That's all I've known from a young age, definitely. Okay, so the ambulance come and they take you and they're assessing you. What happens, like, are you close to death at this point? Yep. So um, I went to the tiny hospital town and they instantly airlifted me to the closest city where I went to trauma ICU. I had all of the tests done. And then so by this point, my best friend had called my mom in Australia Mm. and she was talking to the doctors. They're like, look, she's got a 10% chance of living. We just want to pay (sighs) you for the worst. 10% chance of of living and, and your parents getting that call. Yep, definitely. And they're in COVID. And they're during COVID. And they yep. can't come, they can't get out, right? No, well, so I think it was about three or four days when the doctor's like trying to talk to mum and dad and they're like, look, 10% chance. I think we should just turn off the life support. So mum was like, no, screw that. We're flying over there. But the Australian government was like, sorry, you can't go see your dying daughter. Um, so they kept the life support on, thank goodness, uh, because it, it worked. This is so stressful. I'm sure your friend, your parents know. Who's your closest person in Canada? Do you have any family members or is it your partner? At the time it was my partner. Okay. So um, that that kind of ended a bit uh, on the bad side. I had my best friend there. She was supportive. She drove to see me every two days. It was a 10-hour round trip, so she took time off work. Yeah, and she's actually a beautician, so I was in a coma in hospital and she painted my toenails for me. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, hang on. You went 
So from the minute you're in the ambulance or from the minute you fell, you were unconscious. Yes. And they call it a coma at that point. Is that a coma from that moment or they need to assess you and then say it's a coma and then the 10% chance of living? How does that all I believe they need to assess you first. They couldn't just say she's in a coma. Um, but I went to a brain specialist, thank goodness, in the city, and that's when they were assessing me. I think there's a thing called the Glasgow Coma Scale. Um, so I think it's 1 to 10, I believe, and it's like 1 to 3 is the worst, and I was a 3. Um, and that's no outlook, basically. That's complete brain damage, like brain dead. There's no active signs. I wouldn't even... Um, like flick a finger. How long was it in between the coma and the wake up? A coma was one month, but I had amnesia for about a month or two. So I'd forget every single day. Like 50 first dates. Yeah, exactly. When Drew Barrymore like wakes up and they have to explain to her her life every single day. A hundred percent. That's apparently what it was like. So for three months, your friend's doing a five hour round trip. Your partner, something weird's going on. Can we touch on that? Definitely. So he gets alerted. Your partner of four years is in danger, close to death, in a coma. Yes? Yes. And they would rush to your side. I'm Their whole world I, it has exploded and they would be there, right? You would assume, yes. So when I finally woke up from my coma, all I wanted to do was call him and see. And my best friend sat me down. She sat next to me and said, look, I'm just letting you know he hasn't come and seen you. And I was like, oh, that's really weird because he only lives like five hours away. So I get my phone and I have a message from a woman that I've never seen, like heard of her name before. And she was like, um, I have moved blah, blah, blah out of your apartment. He is now living with me and my son. Please don't contact him. And then the next message was he's deleted your number. He's blocked everything, social media. I'm so confused. So your partner of four years yep. in three months hasn't visited you. No. Moved out yep. with a woman and the woman within the three-month time period, is contacting you and saying, leave us alone. Yeah, I think it must have been happening before and I just didn't <gasps> know um, uh... because I he wouldn't move in with, like, a woman and her child. Like, I don't think yes. a woman would subject her children to a, a random man. Um, so it's it was earth-shattering, honestly. I felt like he was my soulmate. Um, he was my best friend. He was really my person. And to lose that and everything else all in – a few months was really, really hard, and it still is. Um, I still don't understand. I have no closure. You haven't spoken to them? No, he. I tried to contact him after, but he blocked me on everything. So I got friends of ours. We have mutual friends, obviously, to speak to him, and they're like, no, it's no use. He won't say anything. He won't. What? Yeah. I don't understand how you are with someone for four years, living with them day in, day out. They have the most horrific life-altering accident and uh, not even a text, not even a post-it note, nothing. (laughs) Nothing at all. Is that a normal reaction from like just to know his personality? No, not from what he showed me, but in the relationship, it was very emotionally manipulative. It was quite toxic. Uh, my best friend told me to leave him several times, but I stayed because I thought I was in love. I'm young. I, you know, based everything around him. I stayed in Canada for him. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. This is so awful. Yeah, it was a lot. I don't want to drag him through the mud, but a decent human being, like... Yeah, I just thought he would have said something. And the the best part about this, I was on my Netflix account in hospital and I seen, like, a kid's profile and he was still using... Your Netflix, Netflix! That I paid for. Your fucking <laughs> Netflix! I'm not even kidding, so I looked out of everything, changed the joking? Yeah. He won't leave you a fucking text, but he will use your Netflix. Yeah, so I changed all the profiles for a day and I was like, fuck you, buddy, um, and then kicked him off, kicked him off. This is too much. Yep. I mean, you know, I'm thinking this is a conversation about someone surviving a head injury and a, coming through a coma, and then there's a layer of betrayal and just that is a very strange human instinct. I get it. Like I get that something that big and traumatic for someone could be incredibly difficult to handle. I do. I do. I promise. But that level of denial and disconnection. And he owed me $2,000, which at the end of the day, it's $2,000, but I was in Canada. It's really expensive. So I told him. And you just survived a life-threatening fall. Yep. So I messaged her. I'm like, can you please get him to send me the money he owes? And she was like, okay, I'll get on it. And then that was it. And I was like, well, my grandmother's necklace was in my apartment and I couldn't find it when I got back. And I'm like, did you end up packing it by accident? She had constant contact with me for about four months. Um, I felt like she wasn't obsessed with me, but she kept asking questions. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with you. You are a horrible human for what you've done. She knew about my accident and she really just did not give an absolute shit. Did you ask her, could you please have him call me? Or I really, I understand you're insecure, but for me to have closure, I need to just. Yep. I a hundred percent did that a few times. I'm like, there's nothing to worry about. Like he's a kind of person that will cheat as you know now. Um, but I was like, please, I just need this for my brain injury or everything I was going through. Like this is horrific. Um, it was probably the worst thing to happen to me. It's even worse than the incident in my head. It was honestly, I thought he was my best friend, my soulmate. I was so, so in love with this man that I can't even explain it. Um, but now looking back, I can see where it was toxic and how like loving someone that much can be dangerous. It would be the strangest moment to wake up from the coma, you know, because you said you had the two months of amnesia. But the day that you came to and you're in a hospital and you're like, this is very strange. And how did I get here? And how much time has passed? Was that moment for you, that initial moment, very weird? It was very weird. I thought I was dreaming. Um, The medication they had me in made me think I was on a cruise ship for two months. Um, and I would not, I would not stop saying, I was like, mom, can you transfer me some money? I want to go to the Starbucks on the ship. So it became a joke with my close friends and family that I'd be going to the Starbucks. Um, but yeah, the medication was just crazy. I didn't know where I was. I thought I was on a cruise ship. I don't know what I was thinking. That's quite delightful though, to be, I mean, that yeah. would have been a nice transition from the reality into 
the present moment. Yeah. And then I eventually went to a brain rehab after my amnesia. Um, and it was awesome because a lot of the people there were over 70 years old. So I'd be playing backgammon <laughs> with grandmas all day, sipping on my coffee. Like I had a pretty good time. Um, wow. but yeah, the sucky thing is like most, uh, TBIs happened to, sorry, TBI. Oh, traumatic brain injury. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. 75% happen to children under four or people over 65. So trying to find even a support network with people my age that I can relate to has been really difficult. Hang on. Can I ask a question? How come it's under four? Newborns to under four. So if they wobbly when they're walking, they can hit their head oh, um, wow. and sport-related concussions as well. Okay. So you felt then quite alone in this. It was very isolating especially now even trying to find something and that's why I, I think I initially took to social media um just knowing how broad it is and just seeking some kind of um support from anyone under you know 65 would be great um <laughs> or toddlers yeah. um so but I think approximately 15 percent of people do have very severe TBI and I did have a severe TBI so even being put into that kind of small category was hard as well because you were given the 10 percent right yes and the doctors suggested to your parents to turn your life support off yes what happened to keep it going like that sounds like a miracle my mother I'm her firstborn I don't know if that means much but she fought for me she was like you cannot turn it off until we get into Canada and she fought tooth and nail. And the doctors, they can't turn life support off if you say no. Um, so she just had a big chat with all of my support systems and, like, please don't do anything. Um, and then my best friend's mum, uh, she was absolutely amazing. She lived in the city and she would send a video of me every single day to my mother, FaceTime me, call her when the doctors had appointments. Like, she was absolutely amazing. Wow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So do you think the fight of your mother obviously kept the life support on, but what happened? How did that 10% get to 100%? Like what happened? You, is it, is it, is it mir a miracle? Is it medication? Was it something they did? They didn't operate. So I think that was a really good sign. Um, I think it was just the constant testing that they did because I had four brain bleeds and two hemorrhages um, and basically um, the blood evaporates in your skull. I never knew this, um, but I do think a, a little bit of me likes to think that it was kind of a miracle and that I'm meant to be here. Mm. And just, I think everything happens for a reason. And I believe this accident did happen for a reason. The way my life was in Canada was not something a 25 year old aspires in their life. Like I was working 12 hours, drinking for eight and then getting four hours sleep seven days a week. Um, and if I was continuing down that, path I believe I wouldn't be here in five years you believe this is the universe guiding yep. you in a new direction in a very aggressive way yeah 
at what stage then you come through the coma, you're um, being rehabilitated. How long is that period? Uh, I believe all in all, I was in hospital for about four months. I did, my best friend says I'm very manipulative and sneaky. I was supposed to go back and live with her. Um, but I ended up going back to my own apartment, which probably wasn't the best thing. Um, and I got out of hospital earlier than I was supposed to. And then I was back at work two months later, which I'm not supposed to be back at work for another two months. So, um, you were ambitious. I'm very ambitious. I am strong willed. I just, yeah, don't take shit from anyone. And then, I thought it was the right decision, but I was quite impaired. What does that mean, impaired? Um, So I was extremely impulsive. Like the second I thought of something, I would do it, whether it was a bad thing or a good thing. This is a brain injury thing. Yes, it definitely happens a lot. It's like a, um extending concussion, if you'd like to think of it like that. Wow. So this is now... I guess the side effects of the coma now playing out. So there's a reason why the doctor's like, stay with your friend, don't work, because one of those side effects is impulsiveness. And how does that turn up? What are you doing? Um, Apparently I was trying to escape, not escape, but like the second I did something or if I wanted to, I couldn't actually eat, but if I wanted to eat something, I didn't have it, I would kind of chuck a tantrum because what happened was I reverted back to being a toddler for a month there Um. So I would only speak in like baby talk and my brain thought I was about four, five wow. years old. Yeah. And I had to learn to walk. So I was a toddler. I had to learn to walk, had to learn to eat again. Is this in hospital or out of hospital? In hospital, in hospital. Yeah. Wow. So hang on. You come out of the coma, amnesia for two months and then regressed? Um, no, I regressed during one of my amnesia months, I believe. They've, okay. My family took a video of me to show me, like, not to educate me, to say what, like, you know, this is what we don't wear. looks like. Yeah. Literal baby talk and, and relearning to walk and eat. Yep, 100%. I had um, problems swallowing, which is actually t- quite common with uh, TBIs. People will have really, like, a lot of trouble swallowing, which I never knew. So I had to have, um, like, chunky coffee. They'd put sachets in my coffee and thicken it. So everything had to be thickened. Um, I had a feeding tube in my stomach, which they somehow didn't put 2,000 calories in. They did 200 calories. So I lost like, yeah, I lost like 20 kilos before they were like, oh, this is a problem. Because I wasn't walking. They weren't seeing my physical self, if you know what I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was already tiny. I was already a size eight in Canada beforehand. Um, So I just looked emaciated. I was disgusting. Um, so adding that onto everything, it was a bit of like a, oh, okay. Wow. So the baby talk, they're eating, the walking, and then what, then what happens next? You come to, you get out of the hospital. What is the impact now when you're starting to integrate back into normal life? It's quite hard because it really affects your mental health. Uh-huh. So TBIs are sometimes referred to a hidden disability um, just because it affects your thinking, your behavior, your emotions, um, and it's harder to process things, I believe. Yeah. Um, my mental health has taken a deep, deep plummet, I'm not going to lie. Um, I even seek just like psychologist help and I said, look, I'm feeling, you know, pretty bad, like I'm thinking about, you know, suicide. Mm. Um, and she, she's seen me before because I told her about another story, which I'll tell you about. She Googled me. So she's seen what I looked like in Canada. And she was like, oh, you're a bit superficial in Canada. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. 
And then she, I was crying and she was like, don't worry, things will look up. You're pretty. And I'm like, what? this is the Australian mental health system. Yeah, the Australian mental health system. What the fuck? This is so strange. That exactly. is very, very odd. And then she called my mother and said, look, I'm worried about Brie. Um, and she was like, oh, also next appointment is half price. I'll bulk bill it because I didn't go as well as I thought. And I'm like, okay. So when I first got into that appointment, she was like, oh, sorry, I might get interrupted. I've got a suicidal patient. And I'm like, number one, don't fucking tell someone that, especially another patient. That's patient confidentiality breached out of the wahoo. Um, so I was just completely upset. Like I'm having trouble yeah. finding another psychologist. And, yeah, it's just a bit whack. Wow. So between August, September, October, November, you get out, what, December? Yes. And then you leave for Australia February. Correct, yeah. Are you being managed by the Canadian health system until you get on that flight? Correct, yes. And do they give you approval to leave? They do, yeah. They said unless I had brain surgery, um, I maybe couldn't fly because there's something with flying and brain surgery, but they said I'm 100% fine. They did want me to have an escort, like someone with me, but that just didn't work out. My sister was going to fly over, but she couldn't fly over. So I just managed the 15-hour flight by myself, which wasn't bad at all. And I can imagine the day that you arrive, your parents are beside themselves. Oh, my mother couldn't stop crying for about four hours. Um, yeah, it was really tragic for them. I guess I feel bad that I even put them in that situation. And I shouldn't feel guilt, but I do, like, putting everything, everyone around me, not only through their own ordeal, but my ordeal. Um, and I'm someone that doesn't really like to rely on people or ask for help and then having to get help and being treated like a child again really, you know, show me that mm. it's okay to ask for help if you need it. Of course. And then are you grieving your ex within this as well? Oh, 100%. And look, honestly, I don't like to admit it, but I still am. I still think about him every single day. Do you? Yeah. Um, and then trying to find like a psychologist, like I said, I don't really have faith in the mental health system. So it's been really hard to try and find someone that will understand and help me through the grief. I call it a grieving process because it is. Um, and also with the TBI effects and how, it just affects your brain chemistry and how it works. It's really weird. I want to really encourage you, though, to – it is hard. It's like dating and finding the right therapist, you know. Don't let that one experience deter you because there's so much here for you to heal from. And they – they like my one I love, you know, I, I really would encourage you to – I know it's hard, but to go back into that process, you know, because you dealing with this, yeah, you dealing with this solo is so much. Yeah, you know, it's very isolating. And I like to think of it if I was telling someone that I was listening to their story, I would encourage them to look at it like dating. You know what I mean? Like I'm not giving up on myself because I think that is giving up on myself and I deserve a whole lot better than what happened to me. Um, so, yeah. Wow. This year when you get settled back home, you're obviously grieving your partner, but with the TBI, what is the current impact like? I would say 
it's really affecting my mental health. Like you wouldn't think it is, but it, it really is. It's really hard for me to get up and do stuff and want to continue. And I feel bad that I was given a second chance and I hate to get all gritty, but I was given a second chance when there are mothers out there dying, fathers out there dying. They want nothing more than to be with their children. And I just feel guilty because I'm here like, oh, I could have went and I wouldn't have cared. And being given a second chance of that miracle 10%, I feel like a piece of freaking shit mm. even thinking like that. Um, so that's why I know I do need help. You know what I mean? I think that's called survivor's guilt and would be, I, I have no idea, but I'm sure that would be a common thing. But if you went, imagine your parents, you know, like I understand where you're coming from, but every life is such a valuable thing but that's a very heavy cross to bear for you every day and no wonder that your mental health is deteriorating if you believe that no 100 and like i try and write lists on a list person like things i need to do every day so i do a two kilometer walk every day and i try and be grateful because i couldn't even walk five meters um about eight months ago you know so i'm just really trying to find the positives and the gratitude um, I can hear. Gratitude, is- 100%. That's all I'm about right now. Um, and I'm just truly focusing on myself for once, focus on recovering, family. And I think from where I was in the past five years that that's a really good thing. I'm not, I'm sober now, which is amazing. Can we talk about that for a minute? Was that, um, you did say that you believe the TBI was the universe redirecting you. Was it bad prior to the... Um, brain injury, your drug use and your alcohol use? Yeah. So look, I'd like to say it was the industry I was in, like the hospitality industry. And the town I lived in was very uh, much a drug town, like a lot of cocaine went in and out. Um, so it's, I'll just say seven days a week partying, there's cocaine, there's not, there's alcohol. Most of the time there was cocaine, but it was just consecutive days. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just working, partying and sleeping for the smallest amount of time and I knew it was wrecking my body. And then it came to a point where the cocaine use was, um, I was upset with myself because I would say, I would say stupid things like what would 10 year old me think of me? What would my family think? Um, and like, I, something I don't want to be embarrassed about, but it's, there is a really big cocaine problem in Canada. One of the provinces actually made it legal to have two grams on your body. Um, and you won't go to jail. You won't get arrested. So that's wow. the point that they're at and they have like safe injection sites, safe heroin use, like safe stuff. And I a hundred percent believe in that. I think that's great. Um, but there is an epidemic over there and I kind of want to get that out and try and maybe help people in my position because it's so easy to get sucked in to that party lifestyle, especially when you're so young. Yeah. Right. So now post brain injury, are there cravings for that or are you just really clean? I'm very, very clean. You're not supposed to use any substances, um, especially alcohol for the first year, I believe. Um, so I've really stuck to that. And I think this is the only way that I could have been sober. I really believe that I've had cravings maybe the first month I was home, uh-huh. but I was stuck in my apartment and no one would do that to me. They knew what I went through, the ordeal. Um, my best friend went to all the bars and she was like, don't serve Brie. And they're like, yeah, we know. So everyone was kind of like on on your you side. Know. Yeah. Yeah, trying to protect you. Yeah. We're now five months you've been home, almost a year post event. Yes. How are you feeling now? 
Um, I'm feeling quite good besides the mental health stuff, which I'm working through. Uh, I think I'm a bit more positive being back in Australia because Canada was my life. I missed it for the past four months. I've wanted to go back, but I know it's not the environment that I want to be in. Um, my legs from my waist down, you know, when you learn your arm and it goes dead. Yes. My, my waist to my toes are dead, but I've fixed my walking to uh, accommodate my dead legs. So I go on two kilometer walks every day. Sorry, just to um, clarify that, you can walk? Yes, I can. But the sensation is? Sensation's completely gone. Um, I went so to you can't feel your legs moving? It's hard to explain. Like, I can feel, like, they do these tests, like sensory tests. I can feel, like, a scratch on my leg, but it's just very numb to the point, like, that it's, it feels like dead. You've laid on it. Like, there's no blood circulation. Oh. And uh, my neurologist here said that I'd have to live with that for the rest of my life because it is coming up to 12 months and if it hasn't fixed itself and there's nothing they can do. And if that's the worst thing to come out of this, then that's pretty good. Wow. Okay. So the loss of sensation in your legs and feet is a big one. Is all your memory back, like from your childhood? Was there, you know, the impact on one side of your head that like removes, say, creativity or reading skills or language skills? Like is anything else impacted? So I actually have all of my memories, surprisingly. Wow. Uh, I've got a very good memory. I don't even get headaches, which is really weird. Um, I was hit on my left side, but nothing like my creativity or anything like that has been affected. Um, so I, I'm really lucky. I lucked out 100%. Major, major, like this is a a miracle. This whole story is a miracle. Yep, and that's what I've got to see it as, you know, just to keep pushing through and that's all I can do. And I've also forgot to mention I'm a type 1 diabetic as well. Pre or post? Pre. So I always forgot with my brain fog when I got out of hospital, I'd always forget if I injected myself. So um, I'd always be double dosing. Oh, just, God, and that's super dangerous, right? Yeah, so that's like, and that was me pushing to live by myself. Um, and then my best friend ended up staying over at nighttime and stuff for the first couple of weeks. She put alarms on my phone to eat and do my insulin and then I would forget if I did it. My friend, because she was pregnant at the time, she kind of compared it to uh, baby brain, like my little brain fog because it would compare um, our little brain blips. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. This is just, how do you, do you feel like a different person that you were pre, I mean, obviously without the drug use and the alcoholism and the partner, like take those big elements out Yeah, and I know they would change anyone. Your sense of self when you're not feeling depressed, just your makeup of who you are, you know, as a little girl into being a young woman, has that changed, you know, your sense of humor or the way you see the world? the way you feel about things, the love you have for your parents, has any of, you know, those things that are kind of ingrained into you through who you are today, has that shifted at all? Uh, I think my love for people in general has like astronomically skyrocketed. Um, I think I'm a lot more sensitive to people, whether it's their 
um, body movements or just something slight in their face. Like I just feel bad for everyone. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like everyone has had a trauma in their life that probably people don't know about. I think it's made me be more aware of my surroundings and people and the struggles that people go through because nothing really bad happened prior to this, you know. Um, So I think it's empathy. I'm feeling a lot more empathetic for people, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think I was a bit self-absorbed. I only cared about myself. Um, But now I think I've changed for the better. I definitely have. It's been fascinating talking to you today. I think when I've seen those shows, you know, you watch whether it's those factual shows on TV like Inside the ER and stuff like that and they show people that are in comas and they're like got 10% chance of of living. I'm always the person that's like, there's a miracle, there's a miracle, they can do it. (laughs) And you are the one. You are the one that is living proof that miracles happen. And I think that's such an important thing to give people listening, you know, that God forbid anything ever happens, even a cancer diagnosis or whatever it is that we're going to go through in life is to know that I know it's a small chance, but there are miracles and you are living proof of that. Yeah. My doctor said to me, and I know it's cheesy as shit, but I say it to myself every single day, there's always hope. There is always hope and you can't, can never forget that. No matter how bad things seem, there is always hope for your situation. And I love that. I fucking love that. Yeah. I love it too. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You are really a ray of sunshine. Like this conversation is a very difficult one to have, but your outlook on life and even, you know, such beautiful sentiments as you believing, why should you be here and not someone else? All of these things, you're a gorgeous person and I really you know, coming through that kind of trauma and also the betrayal that you have. Wow. You've really floored me with the young woman that you are. So no further ado, our final question for today. Yes. Everyone gets this question on the deep. Who are you when no one's watching? Honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm finally on the right path to get to know my true self and I'm excited. Mm. I'm happy. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Been kind of therapeutic. So I thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious, 
It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.